Welcome to the Course in Miracles podcast. Before the ayahuasca, before the Course in Miracles podcast. Let me shift the. No, looks like we're good. Thinking I had to adjust the microphone. Anyway, uh, lesson 60, so we are coming to the end of our first review. Thank you for listening to the first 60 lessons. This is a solid chunk of the course has been completed now, so there's about one-sixth of the course. Um, that's, that is um, really something to congratulate yourself for or, you know, to be proud of. Not to get into the stroking of the ego too much, but it's quite an accomplishment if you've made it this far, particularly if you are new to the course and you've gone through and you've completed the first 60 lessons now, or soon to be 60 lessons to the best of your ability. Um, That suggests a lot about your spiritual willingness, your willingness to discover more about yourself, more about the universe, more about God, and your place in this sometimes, uh, you know, the, the earth nowadays, it's, planet earth is a very trippy place. I watched this, um, I've been watching this uh, Catholic guy, Father, I forget his name. You can go on my other podcast, I talk about him um, at length. Uh, the Magic Pisces podcast, and listen to my recent rambling talk, um, complete with profanity. But he's he's talking about how prevalent evil is in the world, and this is not a person I particular like. I really agree with on a lot of things, um, other than the fact that we are living in very crazy times. And for me, the Course in Miracles is my sanity. The Course in Miracles of my 12-step work is my sanity. I know that I can turn to the Course and I can hear the voice of God uh, coming through and instructing me in very specific ways um, that help me deal with this, the world that we find ourselves living in um, that can be challenging to navigate, particularly with you know, social media and everything else that is happening. And if you want to hear my more extended opinions there or my my full opinions or my thought out ramblings, check out the Magic Pisces podcast. Um, I think the episode I just recorded was just under an hour. So have at it. Um, so again, Course in Miracles, it's exactly what it claims to be in my opinion in my experience. And when, when I find myself um, caught up, getting caught up with the state of the world, um, it, has, it has been, it has served as a refuge for me here. It has been serving, it, it serves as a refuge for me. And it's, it's kind of like, um, I think all of us, that all all we ultimately need is God. All we ultimately need is to call God into our lives and to take the reins to drive the bus for us while, or drive the car for us while we sit shotgun. Doesn't mean that there aren't going to be things that we need to do. Doesn't mean that we don't have families. Doesn't mean that we don't have partners. Doesn't mean that we don't have jobs. Doesn't mean that we... um, can just sit around and do nothing. Surrender is often very active. It's not passive. It means that we have to do things. So if you want to become a better version of yourself, you have to surrender to what that vision looks like, 
what, what the vision of the greater you looks like. And that means you have to do specific things. And the most drastic example I have from my life is when I was addicted to drugs and I surrendered to the will of God. And that meant it started off with four, spending 124 days in treatment and then going to a sober living facility after that. There's nothing active about or passive about that. That was a very active process. It was very one, one act of surrender after another, after another, after another, up to and including making amends um, to my loved ones and doing everything that I could to fix the wreckage of the past or heal the wreckage of the past. So surrender is not passive. Surrender is active very often. And if you've done everything that God wants, for, wants you to do or is asking of you, then you kind of turn it over and let him work his magic in the unseen. Um, I was watching recently, this is kind of a side note or a, a separate point, but I was watching this rabbi who I've been following on YouTube. And he was basically saying, he was explaining why you can't see God. And he's like, well, seeing, he says, seeing is basically pornography. Like when you can see everything, it's, the, it leaves nothing to the imagination. He's like, God doesn't want us to see him. He only wants us to hear him. Because if we're listening, right, if we're listening, we're going to have a much different to him. We're going to have a much different experience of him than if we saw him. Um, and he, he extrapolates on that uh, quite a bit, but it was really interesting. I'm like, yeah, if, if you could see God, that would maybe take a lot of the fun out of it. You know, and it's interesting that he related to seeing as pornography. I was like pornographic. He's like, seeing is too simple. God wants you to listen to him because when we're listening to God, we're not as distracted. Um, or we're not distracted in the way that we would be um, if we were um, could just see him. It's kind of like reading a book versus, you know, like watching a movie, right? Like when you, when you watch Lord of the Rings, it's kind of spoiling the beautiful picture that you can paint in your head. And that's why I try to, if I've read a book, um, I will try, like there was a, my favorite book of all time is this book called A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving, which is this wonderful story about this little kid um, who's basically like an instrument of God. It's such an amazing book, but they made a movie out of it called Simon Birch. And I tried my best when the, when the, when the previews for it were coming on, I had to, as soon as I realized what, that this was a movie adaptation of my favorite book, I had to close my eyes because I had the entire thing pictured in my head of what Owen Meany looked like and how he sounded and all of that. And I didn't want that beautiful picture that I painted ruined. So take that for what it's worth. And I'm going to read through lessons 46 through 50, completing review one, and then we will move on to the next section of the course. Thanks again. Lesson 60, the ideas, the ideas are, these ideas are for today's review. Lesson 46, God is the love in which I forgive. God does not forgive because he has never condemned. The blameless cannot blame, and those who have accepted their innocence see nothing to forgive. Read that again. The blameless cannot blame, and those who have accepted their innocence can not... The blameless cannot blame, and those who have accepted their innocence see nothing to forgive. Yet forgiveness is the means by which I will recognize my innocence. So read that again. My forgiveness is the means by which I will recognize my innocence. So when we are forgiving all of our supposed adversaries who we encounter in the world, we are forgiving ourselves. When we see their innocence, 
we are seeing our own. It is the reflection of God's love on earth. So forgiveness is the reflection of God's love on earth. It will bring me near enough to heaven that the love of God can reach down to me and raise me up high. So we forgive and we forgive, we forgive, we forgive, we forgive. And when we get so close to God and we've done all the work we can do, God reaches down and snatches us up. Just kind of like in that, I think it's the Michelangelo painting of the Sistine Chapel, like the guy goes so far and then God kind of reaches out and, and pulls him into heaven. I think that's what that means. Marianne talks about that in one of her talks. Lesson 47, God is the strength in which I trust. It is not my own strength through which I forgive. It is through the strength of God in me, which I am remembering as I forgive. As I begin to see, I recognize his reflection on earth. I forgive all things because I feel the stirring of his strength in me. And I begin to remember the love I chose to forget, but which has not forgotten me. So in other words, we forget God is out there. That's my spiritual experience. When I had my spiritual awakening, um, it was kind of like I was remembering something. It was like I was remembering the home I came from. It was really trippy. Lesson 48, there's nothing to fear. How safe the world will look to me when I can see it. It will not look anything like what I imagine I see now. Everyone and everything I see will lean toward me to bless me. I will recognize in everyone my dearest friend. What could there be to fear in a world that I have forgiven and that has forgiven me? So we're on rampages of forgiveness as we're cruising around. Lesson 49, God's voice speaks to me all through the day. There's not a moment in which God's voice ceases to call on my forgiveness to save me. There's not a moment in which his voice fails to direct my thoughts, guide my actions, and lead my feet. I am walking steadily on toward truth. There is nowhere else I can go because God's voice is the only voice and the only guide that has been given to his son. And then lesson 50, I am sustained by the love of God. As I listen to God's voice, I am sustained by his love. As I open my eyes, his love lights up the world for me to see. As I forgive, his love reminds me that his son is sinless. And as I look upon the world, with the vision, excuse me, he has given me, I remember that I am his son. So review period number one is now complete. Thank you all. Love you all. Go out and do your forgiveness work. Do your part in the atonement, and I'll talk to you next.